Welcome to sermons from St. Paul's Lutheran Church of Minot, North Dakota. St. Paul's is anchored in the message of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of sins, for the church and for the world. The following sermon is from Rev. Dr. Matthew Richard. Holy Gospel is from St. Matthew, the 21st chapter. Now when they drew near to Jerusalem and came to Bethphage, to the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied on a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus had directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowds spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and that followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! In the name of Jesus. Amen. My friends, if you have ever found yourself in a church or perhaps reading a book or a magazine or listening to a podcast or even having a spiritual conversation where you are encouraged to pursue God, ask yourself this question. Yes, ask this question. Did your pursuing of God, was it enough to obtain Him, to obtain the Lord Himself? And once you obtained God, were you able to keep Him by your pursuing? Now, dear friends, tragically, there are many corrupt churches and religious hustlers in America that have set up what we can only call a carrot-on-the-stick religion. Actually, we could be a bit more specific in describing this carrot-on-a-stick religion. Maybe we could perhaps say it's a chasing a carrot on the end of a stick while running on a hamster wheel religion. That is right. In the name of Christianity, religious hustlers, religious hustlers, well, they have had thousands of well-intentioned Christians running on a hamster wheel while chasing a carrot on a stick. The carrot obviously being, that carrot on the end of the stick obviously being the pursuit of a so-called good life in God. Now, we must keep in mind that these average Christians that attend these churches, these hamster wheel churches, the Christians that follow this kind of theology, well, it's rather obvious what's going on, at least for us looking on the outside in, oblivious they might be. You see, they listen to the preacher man, they see the carrot on the end of the stick, and they know that they need to be spiritually busy to obtain that carrot. So they get busy running. They get busy pursuing, and they get busy chasing the good life with God. 
To make things worse, though, these well-intentioned Christians, they look at everyone else in these churches, and they see them being extremely active in their pursuit of God. And so they say to themselves, this church is on fire. Look at all the religious zeal and energy in the church. People are really serious about their faith. They are really pursuing God himself. However, there is a catch. There's always a catch. What they do not realize is that the religious hustler, the pastor, has all the members of the church running on a hamster wheel while chasing the carrot on the stick. The church, the pastor, and the members have the appearance of being very, very spiritual indeed as they all pursue God but really are not accomplishing much of anything at all except for making a lot of noise and a lot of commotion. Tragically, what people do not realize is that the religious hustlers always, they always keep God at a distance from poor and naive and well-intentioned Christians. Keep in mind that a close God would ruin the whole system. It would destroy the whole system indeed. It would destroy the incentive of pursuing God. A close God to the individual, to the Christian, or a God that perhaps would come to the Christian would perhaps get them off the hamster wheel. Indeed, it would destroy the whole religious system. Tragically, in these kinds of churches, these corrupt religious systems, God must always be kept at a distance. He must be that carrot on the end of the stick. So they must pursue Him. So the church members must always be encouraged to pursue God on the hamster wheel. That is how the church stays in business. That is how the leaders maintain their authority. Put Christians on the hamster wheel and dangle that carrot on the end of the stick in front of them, and that church can keep these Christians coming back more and more each and every week, chasing, always pursuing, and never finding, never obtaining. All the religious leaders, all that they have to do is move the carrot stick a little bit closer each and every week to give the perception that they're getting closer to that carrot on the end of the stick. And if they want to give up, if these Christians find themselves wanting to give up, all the religious hustler needs to do is to shake that carrot on the end of the stick and encourage them with more law. Yes, encourage those prisoners with more law. Run harder, reach higher, dig deeper, pray harder, commit more, dig deeper, and soon you will enjoy the joys of God himself. Not only is this kind of theology crooked, heretical, and manipulative, but also it is the exact opposite, my friends, the exact opposite of what we hear in our readings from this morning. As we heard in our readings from the Old Testament, we're to behold what the prophet Zechariah states. The prophet Zechariah, he states this. He says, Behold, see, Your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he. Now, did you hear that? The king is coming to you. Dear friends, you must realize that Christianity is not about your climbing. It is not about your pursuing. It is not about your huffing and puffing to obtain a somehow distant God. See, God is neither distant nor missing nor running away from you, as if you need to keep up with him. Consider our gospel reading from today as well, that gospel reading from the gospel of Matthew. 
What is Christ doing in the gospel reading? My friends, he's entering Jerusalem. He's traveling towards the cross. Yes, towards the cross. And later in the week, we hear, we will hear this week, this holy week, what does Christ do? Well, Christ, he takes the cross. He goes to that cross. He takes the cross and he carries it all the way up to Mount Calvary to bleed and to die for you and in your place. In other words, in the reading from the Gospel of Matthew, we do not see all the people in Jerusalem somehow gathering together in some sort of great mission and pursuit of Jesus off in some far distant land and some major expedition. People were not busy gathering up all the crosses in Jerusalem, then leaving Jerusalem to bring the cross upon Jesus himself. It was quite the opposite. It's quite the opposite indeed. Jesus was on his own pursuit of the cross as he rode into Jerusalem that Palm Sunday long ago. Think of it this way. Your Jesus, your Jesus is no ordinary king. And the Christian faith itself is no ordinary religion. You do not grab a hold of the cross and seek out Jesus, but Jesus grabs a hold of you and seeks out the cross. You do not find Jesus, but he finds you. You do not bleed. You do not bleed for Jesus, but Jesus bleeds for you. You do not ascend to Jesus, but Jesus descends to you. Furthermore, mark this, the gospel, it comes from Christ, not from you. Your faith comes from Christ, not from you. Your works come from Christ, not from you. You get the picture. Perhaps one of the most powerful stories that I've ever heard on this very subject indeed is from a pastor who was teaching confirmation long ago. The pastor, he put a drawing on the old chalkboard, if you recall those old chalkboards. He put a drawing on the chalkboard. He drew a line on that chalkboard and he wrote the word God right here and he drew a little stick man uh, representing mankind himself, showing that mankind and God were on that same level, on that same path. And then the pastor took that old eraser and erased the very center and created a big, huge chasm. And he wrote the word sin, demonstrating how, because of the sin of Adam and Eve, there's a chasm between us and God, how sin itself separates us from God himself. Then the pastor asked what God did to remedy this chasm, this great chasm between God himself and mankind. And the kids, obviously, said, Well, he sent Jesus, and the cross became a bridge between God and man. The pastor, he he smiled, and he snapped his fingers, and he pointed at those kids. He said, right on, kids, right on. And then the pastor proceeded to take and draw a cross in that great chasm. And the pastor, after drawing that cross in the great chasm, that cross that was essentially a bridge between God and man, the pastor then said, what happens next, kids? Several of the students' hands bolted up and they begin to respond. After God gives us this cross, well, it is a bridge and we just walk across. We walk across indeed. The pastor is about to erase the chalkboard and move on. However, one of the girls, she was actually in a wheelchair with some physical and minor mental handicaps. She raised her hand and she said, Pastor, you are wrong. Pastor, you are wrong. We don't walk across. Oh no, we don't. For Jesus comes across and he picks us up and he carries us home. He carries us home. 
The pastor in the story said that he encountered one of the greatest theologians that he had ever encountered in his entire life, his entire life indeed, a 13-year-old mentally and physically handicapped girl. We do not cross the bridge on our own, but Jesus himself picks us up and he carries us home. He carries us home indeed. Blessed baptized saints, anytime you find yourself drifting into religious thought that has you seeking but never finding, chasing but never catching, climbing but never reaching, you have permission to simply stop. You have permission to get off the wheel and drop the carrot stick. You do not pursue Christ. He pursues you. And if you have friends that are trapped in this wretched and horrible religious scheme, you can tell them as well to get off the carrot stick, to get off the hamster wheel, to drop the carrot stick, all of it together, to kick it to the side of the curb. If their church has them chasing carrots on a hamster wheel, especially during Holy Week, well, they're not a Christian church, but a pagan church, and perhaps have a religious hustler as a pastor. Hear this loud and clear. The story of Palm Sunday and Holy Week are not about you and me pursuing the cross. It is not about you and me forgiving sins on our own accord, bleeding and dying and rising, but rather it is about Christ who pursues the cross, Christ who forgives, Christ who bleeds, Christ who dies and rises for you and for me. This is the whole nature of the Christian faith, indeed. The whole nature of the Christian faith. Christ rode towards the cross and he rides towards you today, not upon a donkey, but in, with, and under the bread and the wine to do what you cannot do, to forgive you of your sins. Yes, right here and right now, Christ is pursuing each and every one of you. He's reaching out to you. He gives you his word in the absolution. He pours his assurance into your ears through the preached word. He lays his body and his blood upon your tongue and he grants you faith. He gives you assurance. He gives you hope. He does this for you because he is not distant. Christ is not missing, but is your ever-present help right now and right here. Baptized saints, get off the wheel. Drop the stick. Escape the wretched theology of religious hustlers. Christ pursued the cross that Palm Sunday long ago, and he pursues you today and every day as well. He is like that good shepherd who seeks out the lost sheep. He's like that woman who seeks out the lost coin. He's like that father who runs out to the prodigal. Yes, runs to the prodigal. He is the Lord who rides to Jerusalem to pursue the atonement of our sins and the resurrection of life. He does this all as gift for you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thy strong word bespeaks us righteous, bright with thine own holiness. Thank you for listening to today's podcast sermon. You can access a full manuscript of today's sermon from Pastor Matthew Richard's blog at www.pastormattrichard.org or visit St. Paul's website at www.stpaulsminot.org The Lord bless and keep you.